What up, what up, what up, man? This your man, Dre Day. Sportsman with Dre Day Podcast, The Hoods, ESPN, Crystal Streets, Golden Boy. Listen, straight up, this episode was already done. You feel me? Uh, this is episode 218. I had already, I had recorded it last night. But with this whole John Gruden thing, more stuff has been displayed. You know what I'm saying? So I felt the need to basically make a addended episode so basically in a nutshell this is a continuation from episode 218 but instead of putting it at the end i gotta put it in the beginning because i want y'all to hear this first before we get into my other nfl talk now we all know john gruden is going from the las vegas raiders we all know that and it was the right decision what he was saying was unacceptable on all levels. They are saying that how hundreds and thousands of emails was sent between him and Bruce Allen, who was with the Washington football team. I'm gonna say that again. Over a hundred thousand emails where he used disrespectful terms, racial terms, uh, homophobic slurs, degrading women, talking about Eric Allen should be fired from the league from standing up with Kaepernick, all this shit. The crazy thing about this is this, and I'm gonna say something and I know it's gonna ruffle some feathers, but quite frankly, at this point, I really don't give a damn. I gotta keep it tall. I gotta keep it 100. When John Gruden made, when, when the emails got leaked out on Friday, when it, was, when it was leaked that John Gruden made a racist slur about Demoris Smith, Nothing happened. Nothing happened at all. The report came out and bam, that was that. Nothing happened. Now we fast forward to Monday where everything else came into play. Now, it's one thing that struck out and why I think the reason why he was forced to resign and do all this other stuff. And I am going to give props and I'm gonna give credence and give the absolute respect to, listen, I didn't grow up idolizing and watching Richard Pryor. I do know he was a a hell of a comedian from watching his movies and of course watching his stand-ups growing up to watch them when I was younger. The comedian of this generation is the Richard Pryor of that generation. And that would be Dave Chappelle. And his new stand-up called The Closer. If people really pay attention to what he said in that stand-up, some people may take it as attacking, but in reality, he's telling the truth. And it relates to this situation with John Gruden. John Gruden said a racist slur 
about Demora Smith and nothing happened. Nothing happened at all. Mark Davis didn't do a damn thing. It was basically on a mindset of let it go. It is what it is. That's basically that's basically what we got out of it. But as soon as Monday came, as soon as all of other emails leaked, and he had something to say about the alphabet people, the LBGTQ community, it was over after that. And that's the point that Dave Chappelle has been speaking about in all of his recent documentaries. When it comes to them, you can't say nothing. Once you say something to them, you open Pandora's box. Now, me personally, I have gay friends. I love, I love them. I love them dearly. So this is not me knocking them or bashing them. It's just, it's, it's just, it's just an actual truth. Us as black people in this country have constantly, constantly been attacked and nothing has happened at all. But as soon as you attack the LBGTQ community, all hell breaks loose. And that's exactly what happened in this situation. This is the reason why John Gruden had to resign. And of course, you know, him being disrespectful, you know, basically on a mindset of, oh, you know, there shouldn't be females, female referees and shit like that. See, what, what John Gruden needs to realize is we're living in a different time now. And he has to face reality and he has to face the mindset that women could basically do everything a man could do at this point. They can officiate football games. They could train football players. They can train basketball players. They can train baseball players. They can be assistant coaches. They could be offensive and defensive coordinators. Like it's so many teams. I think Tampa has a, has a couple of females on their on their coaching staff. I think the 49ers has a female on their coaching staff. Like the list goes on. Who are you to say? Basically paraphrasing that females shouldn't be allowed in the NFL. Like where we do that at? And listen, at the end of the day, I think he's finished. I think his days are over as far as being a coach in the NFL. They made the right decision. They made the right decision. But see, this is what this is what kind of kind of has me thinking. I think Mark Davis didn't want to do this to John Gruden because if you really pay attention to their relationship, it's more so of a brother relationship. But he was stuck in the corner where he basically had no choice to make an agreement with Gruden to get him out of there. Because I don't think it's over. I think more is coming down the pipeline, in my opinion. And it ain't just Gruden. It's gonna be a couple of, listen, hundreds and thousands of emails was reported, leaked. It was in the New York Times. So many other people, it's gonna come down the pipeline. John Gruden is the face of it right now, but a couple of other people 
is gonna come down the pipeline. And this and, and, and this is the shit that irks me because if you were so bold, if you were so brave to say this shit in the email, didn't think it would come out. If you were so comfortable doing this in the email with your buddies or your friends, imagine what you were saying when you was face to face with these people. I'm quite sure it was a hundred times worse than what he said in this email in, in, in these emails. That shit is beyond crazy. But listen, I don't want to dive into this too much. I'm at the mindset where it's like, fuck John Cooper. Basically, it is what it is. He showed his true colors. He's a racist. Fuck him and his bullshit apology because you can't give an apology like he did and you don't own up to your mistakes. You basically said, yes, you resigned. And wait, what he said? Oh, he don't want to be a distraction to the Raiders. Um, he loves the organization. He loves the players. All this other bullshit. Sorry if he offended anybody. That's not no apology. That is not no apology. Because if it was an apology, you would have apologized to each party that you offended. You should have apologized to Demora Smith. You should apologize to all women. And you should apologize to the LBGTQ community because you offended them as well. But listen, like I said, F. John Gruen, and it's also being reported that the Tampa Bay Bucks have decided to take John Gruen off their ring of honor which is funny because I believe last night I did a TikTok video. Go check me out, Sports Grip with Dre Day Podcast. I'm trying to get the hang of TikTok. I had did a little video where I said, with all this that's been going on with John Gruen, I think the Bucks should take away his Super Bowl ring and then give one to Tony Dungy because let's keep it tall. If you really follow football and you are a student of football, that Super Bowl that John Gruden won with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he benefited from the Tony Curtis It's the same thing with Jimmy Johnson and the Cowboys. When he got fired from Jerry Jones, when Jerry Jones fired him at the Super Bowl 28, the Cowboys went to the Super Bowl with Super Bowl 30 with Barry Switzer, and he got all the credit. You benefited off of Jimmy Johnson. Same thing with Mark Jackson and Steve Kerr. I mean, it goes on. But, yeah. That's what's being reported. They're taking him off the ring of honor. So since you're taking him off the ring of honor, why not take his championship ring? Take the ring from him. And let Tony Dungy have one of his own. Being that he basically was the architect of that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. But, like I said, fuck John Gruden. He's a racist. Any negative words you can think of, that's what he is. He showed his true colors. If you was brave enough to do that in the email, I could just imagine what you said to your friends face to face. 
And since he likes Chucky so much, I think Chucky should come alive and pay John Gruden a visit and do something to him. But uh, I did enough rambling about this. Let's get to the episode now. This is your boy Dre Day, Sports River Dre Day Podcast. You know it's ESPN. Let's go. Episode 218 begins now. Let's get it. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to a brand new episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Hoods ESPN, Crystal Street's Golden Boy, Dre Day. What's up? What's up? What's up? This is episode 218 of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. Episode 218, once again, as I always say in the beginning of the episode, thank you all for your support. Keep it going, keep it flowing. This episode here, I have to do, you know what I mean? Y'all know how it goes with the football episodes. Now the football season is in play. I'm trying to be consistent and do a recap of every week of the NFL. So, we are now on week five. So, of course, you know, I got to do my uh, got to do my recap from the Bucks and Dolphins. Then I'm going to do my recap from the other games. And then, of course, I got to do my Offensive and Defensive Player of the Week awards. And then, of course, wrap up the episode with my game picks for week six. So, obviously, the first thing on the Dow is... The Buccaneers and the Dolphins. Um, listen, Tampa's four and one. Dolphins is one and four. Uh, the Dolphins did come out strong though. I'm not gonna lie. You know they did have a ten to seven lead <laughs> in the first quarter. Uh, Miles, you know Miles Gaskin actually did his thing in the first quarter. I'm not even gonna hold you. Um, Jacoby Brissett played all right. Um, he did have to, he did have to leave the game with a hamstring injury here and there, but I mean, spoiler alert, of course I picked my bucks to beat the dolphins. I didn't expect them to, you know, withstand the heat from Tampa and then, you know, pull a upset. I didn't expect that. Um, I did expect Tampa obviously to have 30 plus points and they got 45 out of it. Um, I just think that. The last two weeks from Tampa, obviously with Brady going back to New England, that was an emotional game. You know, they basically, well, he basically tried to make it as it's just another game, yada, yada, yada. It wasn't just another game. You know, that was an emotional game. And obviously with your leader, a part of that emotional game, that's going to make y'all rattled up a little bit. 
You know what I'm saying? So I think Tampa wasn't them wasn't their wasn't their full self mentally. And then the Rams game. I just think that with the Rams with the Rams loss, even though the better team won, I'm not here to make excuses for Tampa, but I honestly think that their mind wasn't so much on that game against the Rams. I think they was looking towards the following week, which was against New England. So this game here was definitely definitely needed for them to get back on track. You know, they went both games. They ended up being one and one and they needed, you know, a game like this to put everybody on notice that we're still the defending champs. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants to do their power rankings and shit, but we still are defending champs one way or the other, no matter where you put us. And this game showed that. Tom Brady right now, in my opinion, I would say right now, he's probably the front runner for MVP right now. Probably. If I was if I if I if I was do if I was putting a list together of my top candidates for MVP, I would definitely have Tom Brady number one right now. Now, some might say Matthew Stafford, some might say Kyler Murray, but I'm giving the edge. I'm I'm giving I'm giving the edge to Tom Brady. Call me biased or whatever the case may be, I don't care. But I think right now, he's definitely the leading candidate for MVP right now. Um, this was probably this was one of AB's best games with Tampa. Um. The first touchdown that Brady threw to him, which converted to a 62-yard pass when he threw it to him. I thought A.B. was just going to get the first down and keep it pushing. But as soon as he caught it, and he just on some Hussein Bolt type shit and took it to the house. So that basically made it, you know, that basically made it 17-10 to 10 when um Miami was having a little lead here and there. Then A.B. scored another touchdown before halftime. Um, Leonard Fournette is looking like, I'm not going to say he looking like Jacksonville. I mean, actually, he is looking like Jacksonville Leonard Fournette, just minus the 100 yards. You know, he's healthy. He has that fire in his eye, which, honestly, I've been waiting for since he's been in Jacksonville. Um, I think right now he's basically clear-cut the number one running back with Tampa. Because obviously, I don't even be seeing Ro Jones out there that much. You know, I mean, I get that, you know, sometimes he touches the ball, he gives it up. So maybe that's why we don't see him as much. But what Leonard Fournette is doing right now, I mean, even if he wasn't fumbling that much, it would be hard to put him in the game. Now, you know, Gio Bernard, he's going to get his, you know, he's going to get his touches, especially on third down. He even had a touchdown in this game. Um, I believe he had it. I want to say, I think it was, I think it was the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had the first, he had the first touchdown from Tampa. Um, those type of touchdowns or those tough, or those type of plays, I don't like because when you jump and then you wind up getting hit in your leg, either one or two things can happen. Either you can get injured or you can fumble the ball. So honestly, when he jumped, when he leaped into the end zone, I'm thinking to myself, I hope this dude don't fumble in the end zone. I'm hoping he don't fumble in the end zone. But he held on to the ball. He did his thing. 
listen, Mike Evans, like I know last week, you know, he was a bit agitated against New England because he wasn't getting the ball as much. Well, he definitely made up for it this game because the last two touchdowns he had, he had a 34-yard touchdown and a 22-yard touchdown. So him and Brady, I guess you could say for one week, you know, had a you know has had a good rapport. I mean, Brady has a good rapport with all his receivers. You know, I just think Mike Evans he has to understand in his mind there are going to be some games where you have a hundred yards passing. Then there may be some games where you have 50, 60. Are you going to be able to accept that? At the end of the day, as long as you get that dub and as long as you get that other ring, that's all that should matter. You know what I'm saying? The stats will come. You feel me? They will come. And what Brady, listen, Brady is in contention for Offensive Player of the Week. I'm saying it right now. Um, Am I going to give it to him? No. Somebody else is going to get it. And... I will announce that person later, but obviously when I get to the recap of that game, when I mention those numbers, then you'll know why Brady didn't get it. But when he had this game, 411 yards, five touchdowns, no turnovers, you definitely in contention for that. You know what I'm saying? Because you didn't turn the ball over. You know what I'm saying? So that's a good look right there. You feel me? But, uh... Listen, Tampa did good. They did good on offense. They did good on defense. Ladonic uh, and Sue recovered a fumble. Uh, Dean caught an interception from being hurt last week. He made a return and caught a pickoff. This was the game that, like I said, this was the game. This was the game that Tampa needed. You know what I'm saying? For two weeks, you know they kind of struggled. They had a win and a loss. Two away games. Now it's good to come back home to the warm weather in Tampa in front of our fans and, you know, put on a clinic with the Miami Dolphins. And that's exactly what they did. So now it's on to Philly, which will be a Thursday night game. Unfortunately, I'll be at work. So I'm going to have to, you know, you know, find somewhere to, you know, sneak around and watch the game. Maybe while I'm cleaning the room, I could watch it on my phone. But don't tell nobody. But, uh. Yeah, so that's basically, you know, my uh, recap from Tampa and the Dolphins. Um, Gronk was out again. I think he's going to be out for a few weeks. You know, I don't think it's just going to be two weeks. I think he's probably going to be out for another week or two. It was good to see JPP back out there because, listen, when he wasn't out there, we couldn't, we couldn't really attack the quarterback like that, you know what I'm saying? But being that he's back, we should be able to do that. And listen, number nine from Tampa, I can't pronounce his name. I'm not even going to try it. But y'all know who I'm talking about. Homeboy could play. He a linebacker. Homeboy could play. You know, homeboy could play. He could definitely apply that pressure. So with him and JPP back, that should be a good look and put some pressure on some of these quarterbacks. But again, this was the recap, little recap from Tampa and the Miami Dolphins. Like I said, Tampa won that by the score of 45 to 17. Now, for the most part, some people might say, oh, Tampa was running up the score because, I mean, the fourth quarter, the game was pretty much over. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm going to keep it tall. You know. Well, no, not really. It was 24-17 going into the fourth quarter. Right? 17-31 after Leonard Fournette gets his touchdown. Then I'm saying to myself, do you take Brady out? But then I'm saying no because anything can happen. You know what I'm saying? Brady throws his touchdown to Evans. 38-17. Now I'm saying to myself, do you take Brady out? Nope. Didn't take him out. Kept him in. And Brady got and then Brady to Evans with the other touchdown. So, I mean, I wouldn't say running up the score, but I would say, you know, they're getting the feel for things. And then on top of that, my whole thing is, if you got an issue with it, stop us. I'm with that with any team. You know, I don't like when people do the whole, oh, they run, running up the score or... It, it was unnecessary to get them many yards or just take a knee. No, if you got an issue with it, stop us. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it is what it is. But like I said, that was the recap from Tampa and the Dolphins. So, your boy is going to take a quick little break. And when I come back, we are going to do the recap from week five, from all the other games from week five. So, again... This is your boy Dre Day, Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast, The Hood's ESPN. Your boy will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Holla. What up, what up, what up? The boy is back. Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. Uh, week 5 recap. Let's get to it. You know what I'm saying? First game that was on the bill. You know what? I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it. Uh, The first game on the bill, I'm going to speak on the Raiders and um, Bears. That's the first game I'm going to speak on. But before I even speak on that, I want to speak about this John Gruden situation. Because it's now late Monday night as I'm recording this episode. So while I was watching the Ravens-Colts game... Uh, Adam Scheffler came on and broke the news that John Gruden decided to resign from the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, remember, with everything that happened on Friday, you know, with the emails being leaked out, you know, about him basically racial, you know, stereotypical things to say as it pertains to DeMorris Smith. Uh, and then some things about Roger Goodell. That was just Friday, okay? And then today, we found out some more shit. You know, a bunch of things. Uh, listen, like this, this whole thing is just crazy one of the things was he basically and these are all things that he was this is information that he was giving to somebody from the washington football team this is all stuff that he was this is all stuff he was emailing with the former president from the washington football team which is bruce allen so these emails was going back 10 years ago 
for 10, for, for 10, 10 years ago, these emails was going out. And basically, in a nutshell, he had an issue. He basically was on some shit where basically in the email, I'm paraphrasing here. He basically was on the mindset of suggesting that the first openly gay player shouldn't be allowed in the league. Now, if you all remember Michael Sam from the University of Missouri, he came out as the first uh, gay football player when he was at the University of Missouri. When Jeff Fisher was the coach of the Rams at the time in St. Louis, he was the head coach. John Gruden suggested in that email that the first openly gay player shouldn't be in the league. Right there, that's a crime. Because now you're going after now you're going after the alphabet people. You know what I'm saying? In the words of Dave Chappelle, the alphabet people. And once you do that, it's over. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, he used racial, you know, stereotypes against uh, NFL PA execs. Like I said, Demora Smith happens to be one of them. Uh, he called Commissioner Roger Goodell uh, a homophobic slur, which I will not say on my, which I will not say on my platform, but just the fact that you even thought it was cool to do it is unacceptable. Uh, he also sent numerous emails during that period in early 2018 where he criticized Gridell and the league for trying to reduce concussions and said that Eric Reed, now if y'all don't remember who Eric Reed is, he was basically lined up with Kaepernick when he was taking a knee. Every game Cap was there, every every game Cap took a knee, Eric Reed was right there supporting his man. So John Gruen in this email said that he should be fired in several instances. You know what I'm saying? And again, in the email, he used the homophobic he used the homophobic slur to refer to Roger Goodell and offensive language to describe some NFL owners, coaches, and journalists who cover the league. This is what John Gruden was doing in these emails. And it goes back 10 years. It goes back 10 years. So now I'm saying to myself, if you were saying all these things in an email, Lord knows what you're saying when you're around your friends, Lord knows what you're saying when you're home. Now, of course, when something like this happens, the safe answer is, oh, I don't have a racist bone in me. I'm not a racist. That's the that's the that's the most PC thing to say after you get caught saying something racist. You know what I'm saying? So once all of this came about, I said it's only one thing the Raiders can do. And that's get rid of him. You have to get rid of him. And I think with the game that the Raiders played this past weekend against the Chicago Bears, a game which I picked them to win, but obviously I picked that game way before this came out. 
I recorded that episode late Wednesday night. The game was Sunday. This, these reports came out Friday. Had I knew that, I wouldn't have picked the Raiders because I would have knew for a fact they'd have came out in that game flat. And that's exactly how they came out in that game. The fact that you lost to the Bears 20-9, they started off the game flat. They seemed disengaged. There was no spirit at all in that team. And you can't tell me what was going on with John Gruden and the behind-the-scenes shit that came out. You can't tell me that didn't have anything to do with their performance on that field. You can't tell me that. You cannot, you cannot tell me that. But Mark Davis did the right thing. They parted ways. Now, here's the crazy thing. He got that $100 million contract. And I think this is his fourth year on it. So, I'm sure there's going to be a payout. So, yeah, he's walking away, but he's still going to take some money with him. But his days as a coach is over. Ain't no team going after him. I mean, let's keep it tall. He's overrated as a head coach anyway. Let, let's, let, let's, let's keep it tall. Let's stop faking the funk here. He's, he's only known, he, listen, he's only known because of that Super Bowl he won in Tampa. Okay? And I'm not even giving him all the credit for that. You know what I'm saying? That was Tony Dungy. He was the architect of that Tampa Bay team. He just benefited, he just benefited from it when Tony Dungy left. It's the same thing with Mark Jackson and Steve Kerr, but that's a conversation for another day. But for me, he's overrated as a coach. He was great as an analyst for ESPN. I believe he did that for about a decade and change. He was great at that. You know what I'm saying? But as a coach, very, very well overrated. So I don't even know why he got that $100 million contract. I mean, yeah, it's Oakland. Well, now they're in Vegas, but... He should have never gotten that anyway. But, listen, it is what it is. But his coaching days are over. A new team going after him. Like, this is going to be a permanent stain on his record, okay? Also, he could forget about trying to go back in the booth, too. Because ain't nobody going after that either. Ain't nobody even trying to touch him at all. So, whatever money he has already... And whatever payout he gets from this current contract, he better hold on to it. Because money about to become dry real soon for him. Because nobody's going to touch him after this. Nobody's going to touch him after this. Not only did you say racial slurs, you also used homophobic slurs. And once you and what and once you cross that alley, once you cross that path. Ain't no coming back from it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it really ain't no coming back from it. But like I said, that's the reason why the Raiders lost this game. And I know I know one person on that Chicago team that's ecstatic from that victory, and that's Khalil Mack. Because he was never a fan of John Gruden. Maybe that's why John Gruden traded him to the Bears. Because they didn't have a good rapport. So I know he felt good about beating his old coach. But yeah. I think that was the reason why the Vegas Raiders lost that game. I think that team was just too traumatized and shocked at the news that they heard on that Friday that they couldn't process it at all. And then when game time showed up on Sunday, 
it was pretty much over. But you can't take that away from Chicago, though. Like, Justin Fields did his thing. I mean, a little over 100 yards, and he threw a touchdown. He didn't turn the ball over, so I guess that's a good thing. But, I mean, it ain't, I mean, ain't no amazing stats that took place with the Chicago Bears. So that's more of a reason on why I think, you know, the Raiders, they just checked out. You know, they just checked out that game. I'm not going to say they threw the game, but I'm going to just say they checked out, and that's why they lost. Okay, now we can go to Thursday Night Football. Now we can go from scratch. We can start from the beginning. Seahawks and Rams. Matthew Stafford put on a clinic. Against that Seahawks secondary. Now. The stat sheet would tell you opposite. Because he only had one touchdown and one interception. And he almost had 400 yards. So. From a touchdown interception ratio. It looks like he didn't do much. But he actually did. He actually did. He just couldn't really get it in the end zone like that. You know what I'm saying? But. Henderson Jr. Went to work. On that defense. Went to work on that defense. Almost 100 yards. He had a rushing touchdown. But the highlight of the game was Russell Wilson getting hurt. That was the that was the highlight. That, that, that was the highlight of the game. I ain't even gonna front. When he came out the game and Geno Smith came in, I was like, yeah, game over now. <laughs> Game's over now. Like we we can just get this over with. Game's over. But that wasn't the case. Geno Smith came out there. And uh, his first possession, he surprised me. I'm not even going to lie. I was looking forward to him coming out, stinking up the joint. But his first drive, he converted on passes, got in the end zone for a touchdown. So I'm like, yo, you know, Seahawks got a chance. Game ain't over yet. Game ain't over yet. And... That last possession, just when you thought Gino was going to do some heroic shit. <laughs> just when you thought he was going to do some heroic shit. And maybe get the Seahawks a touchdown and probably win. First play, he throws an interception. And it just took the life out of that building in Seattle. But... They got even bigger problems now because Russell Wilson, they said it's going to be out for about four to six weeks. So this was the worst time for Seattle to start losing. This was the worst time because, again, with that division they in, you got the Cardinals, that's 5-0. Listen, I just gave you a spoiler. They're 5-0. The Rams are 4-1. Again, I've said this since the season started. I truly believe that three teams in that division is going to make the playoffs. I stand firm on that. I'm going to keep saying that. It's definitely going to be Cardinals and Rams. Now, whoever that... Now, the third team, is it going to be the Niners or the Seahawks? Only time will tell. But, yeah, this was not... This was not a good I this was not a good thing for the Seattle Seahawks. And then let's keep it tall. They haven't even won a game at home this season. So 
and they're going to be without Russell Wilson for four weeks. They got the Steelers coming up. Then they got the Saints. Then they got the Jaguars. Then they got the Packers. They could mess around and probably be two and two or one and three in those four games. So, listen, I don't know. But get well soon, Russell Wilson. Real talk. Get well soon. Because it's unfortunate that he got hurt from his finger, I guess, grazing Aaron Donald's helmet that dislocated his finger. His throwing finger, for that matter. So, that's very unfortunate. But get well soon, Russell Wilson. Um... Here we go. Let's go. What else? What what other games was it that was on the agenda? What we got? Jets, Falcons. That was the London game. I was able to peep this game just a little bit before I went to work. Falcons had no business being up by a touchdown and winning this game. When they was up 20 to 3, game should have been over. Um, I believe Matt Ryan was close to getting the Falcons in the end zone. And I forgot who he threw the ball to. I believe he threw it to his tight end and he fumbled the ball. That get that could have made it 27 to 3. And then the game would have just been wide open. But what it did was it gave the Jets confidence to come back. And that's what they did. The Falcons are lucky they didn't blow that game. Because that would have been another game that you can check. You know what I'm saying? Where the Falcons had a big lead and choked it up. But ain't nothing really much to talk about this game. But the Packers and Bengals, that game was fire. But it was fire from the aspect of these damn field goal kickers. They couldn't make a field goal to save their life. Mason Crosby missed three field goals. He made his last one in overtime. And then the kicker from the Bengals. I mean, homeboy kicked the field goal, thought it was good. Jumped on his teammate, and the shit was no good. <laughs> like, I mean, listen, I know this is football, but if TNT inside the NBA, if Shaq has a Shaqting the Fool segment, he need to have that on Shaqting the Fool. Even though it's basketball, but that's definitely a Shaqting the Fool moment. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely a Shaq and a Fool moment. But Green Bay is 4-1. Aaron Rodgers is doing Aaron Rodgers things. Joe Burrow played good, even though he got hurt. But everything is looking looking on the up and up from him. So that's a good thing that he's doing okay. But again, Green Bay is 4-1. Cincinnati is 3-2. They're definitely making things interesting in... The AFC North, because I believe right now, I think they're I think they're tied for first place. I mean, tied for second with the Cleveland Browns, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're tied. They're both three and two. So and then again, Pittsburgh is two and three. They not out the woods yet either. They can make things interesting. Vikings and Lions. Listen, second straight week. The Lions lose by the score of 19 to 17. I believe they lost week four. Oh, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. 
They lost twenty four to four. They lost twenty four to fourteen against the Bears last week. So it must have been week three. It must have been week three. They lost nineteen to seventeen, and that was by a field goal. And it just so happened this game too. They lost by a field goal. But what I will say about this game is this, and it's not even about the game. It's more so about the coach. The coach for the Detroit Lions. I believe his name is Dan Campbell, if I'm not mistaken. If it ain't, please forgive me. But his press conference, he showed his emotion. Basically on some, he's like, the Lions are playing their hearts out. Like, they are playing their hearts out. They just can't close games. He showed his emotion, and he said, as ugly as it is right now, I think we're building something special here. Listen, listen, unfortunately, the Lions are 0-5, right? And Bill Parcells had a saying, you are what your records say you are. I can't jack that this year from this Lions team. I, I really can't. I just think... It's bad timing with them in some of these games. They could have beat the Ravens, but bad timing. They they could have beat the Lions. Bad timing. So they're actually out there giving it their all. It's not like they're stanking up the joint in some of these games. We've seen games from previous years where the Lions was just getting their ass whooped. Where it was like, yo, we definitely trying to get a top pick in the draft. But these Lions are actually playing their hearts out. And now with their coach showing his emotion the way he has, if anything, that's just going to motivate his players even more. That's going to make them even want to play for him even more now because I'm sure they're feeling that way. You know, I'm sure after these losses, they want to go to the locker room and put their hand on their head and just be like, yo, another game like this, another game like this. But to see your coach get on that podium and spill his emotions I think that's gonna gravitate this team, and they're gonna play for him even more. They still ain't gonna, they still ain't gonna do shit, but but they are gonna play for him though. They are gonna go to war for him though. So, you know, kudos to him for you know showing his emotions. Steelers and Broncos. Ben Roethlisberger probably played his best game of the season. He didn't turn the ball over. He was throwing some daggers. I mean, he's going to miss Juju for the rest of the season because uh, he hurt his shoulder. Um, Teddy Bridgewater came back after being in concussion protocol. Didn't do too good. I mean, almost 300 yards, but two touchdowns in the interception. I mean, listen, Broncos are 3-2. and two. I mean, you can say to yourself, who have they played yet? But they started off 3-0. and oh. And now they're 3-2. So has reality hit them this season to where they're not who they think they was? Who knows? Pittsburgh, listen, they, they still got time to improve. You know, they still got time to make things happen. Najee Harris played a good game. I'm sure, he, listen, he got a win this weekend. His Alabama team, his, his, his college Alabama team, on the other hand, didn't. But that's neither here nor there. Uh... Saints and Washington football team. See, with the Saints, you don't know what you're getting from New Orleans. One week, they do good. Next week, they stank up the joint. 
One week, they do good. Next week, they stink up the joint. Next week, they do good. And that's basically what the Saints have done so far this season. They haven't picked up a winning streak. They'll win a game, then they'll lose a game. They'll win a game, they'll lose a game. They'll win a game. So, who knows what's going to happen with them their next game. You know what I'm saying? But, Jameis Winston, four touchdowns, one interception. Jameis is playing good. Jameis is playing good. 12 touchdowns and three interceptions so far this season. That's dope. That's dope. As long as he don't hit 30 interceptions, he'll be all right. Hopefully, he don't even crack 20 interceptions. But right now, he's doing good right now. Hopefully, he can keep it up. Listen, I know it was a lot of hype with the Washington team before the season started. You know, you had people saying that they was possibly going to win their division. Shit, the way the Cowboys playing right now, that's looking like an afterthought right now. Even though I know the season is still young, anything can happen. But the way the Cowboys is playing right now is it's crazy. But nonetheless, the next game we had Eagles and Panthers. If Sam Donald didn't turn the ball over as much, I believe they would have won. I think that's the only thing I got out of this game. Three turnovers. You turn the ball over like that, you will lose. Because Jalen Hurts didn't do much. He was quiet the first three quarters. At least running. He didn't throw no touchdowns. So, I think for me, if Jalen Hurts didn't go off running... In the second half. And Sam Donald doesn't turn the ball over as much. I think the Panthers win this game. Clear. I think they clearly win this game. If Sam Donald doesn't turn the ball over as much. So. That's what gave it away for me. Honestly. And then on top of that. Christian McCaffrey didn't play. So. Me personally. I don't know why I picked him to win this game. Because. C-Mac didn't play. So, that was an L for me. I don't know why I picked him to win that game if C-Mac wasn't playing. Titans and Jaguars. Obviously, Titans won. There's no need to dwell on that. The Jaguars are trash. They are horrible. They're the worst team in the league. Yes, the Lions are 0-5. But I tell you what. The Lions are better than these Jaguars. I tell you that much. These Lions are much better than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer, in my opinion, listen, I said it in my last episode, and I'm going to say it again. I honestly think he's trying to get bumped on purpose. I do not think he's going to be fully committed to this Jacksonville Jaguars team. I truly believe that this is one and done, like college basketball. I truly believe this is one and done, and he's going to leave when the season is over. And if USC does not find him a head coach, uh, a, a full-time head coach, not an interim head coach, a full-time head coach, he is going to get that job at USC. I'm saying it right now. Uh, Patriots and Texans. Patriots bounce back from their loss against the Bucks. I mean, listen, they played the Texans. I mean, they played the Texans. I mean, 
ain't much to really say about the Texans either. They're one of the worst teams in the league as well. So it would have been a total letdown if the Patriots would have lost this game. Uh, Cleveland and the Chargers. Justin Herbert, man. I was saying to myself, how would he mesh up against Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney? I said that in the previous episode. And he did rather well for himself. I mean, he only got sacked twice, but almost 400 yards, four touchdowns against that Cleveland defense. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Mike Williams went to work. Went to work. Two touchdowns, 165 receiving yards. Spoiler alert, he is in contention for Offensive Player of the Week. So that's two people already I have in contention. Well, actually three, if you add Justin Herbert. You got Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, and the GOAT, Tom Brady so far. Those are my, you know, candidates for Offensive Player of the Week. Giants and Cowboys. Dak Prescott came, well, I'm not going to say he came back to the scene of the crime because he actually made his return in Dallas in front of his crowd against the Eagles. But this game against another division rival, the Giants, it just so happened this was the team that he lost to last year when he got hurt. This year, like I, I think it's a year to be exact. I think they played the Giants in October of last year when he got hurt. And he balled out this game. I mean, he did do an interception. And I believe he did fumble the ball. And I believe he did lose that fumble. But he is, he is, listen, he's sniping that ball. Sniping it. He threw one beautiful touchdown pass to C.D. Lamb. A, be- a beautiful dagger. Listen, Zeke Elliott. Zeke is looking like... The old Zeke right now. I'm liking this two-man run game with Zeke and Tony Pollard. I am. Zeke ran the ball for 21, 21 times. Pollard ran it 14. I kind of like them numbers for Pollard. Obviously, you know, Zeke is the running back of running backs on the team. But I like to see Tony Pollard, you know, get his touches as well. You know what I'm saying? This Cowboys defense. This Cowboys defense. This Diggs dude, man. He has an interception every game so far this season. We're in five weeks. And he has six interceptions. So obviously in one of these games, he's had two. He's leading the league right now with interceptions. You can make a case right now. That he's in he's in contention for defensive player of the year. Right now. Right now. You can make a case that he is in contention for defensive player of the week. I mean defensive player of the year. But the season is still young. Who knows? But listen, the Giants, man. 
the injury bug has struck them again. Saquon got hurt again. Uh, he rolled his ankle on, I don't know if it was a Cowboys player or his own teammate, but nonetheless, he rolled his ankle. It didn't look good. He got carted off the field. So usually when you get carted off the field, that doesn't look good. Daniel Jones, concussion. Listen, me personally, helmet to helmet, it's unfortunate. But if you really go back and watch the play, he ignited the helmet to helmet. Because he wanted to try to be tough and try to run it in the end zone on a bootleg. And the head-on collision, he ignited. He, he ignited. It wasn't the Cowboys defensive play. It was him. But the, the, the way he stumbled afterwards, it didn't look too good. And I want to commend the Cowboys player that was actually trying to catch him so he don't fall. But he got carded. I, I believe he got carded off the field or he got helped off, but it didn't look good. You know what I'm saying? It didn't look good. I would not be surprised if he doesn't play next week. I, I, I would, it would not shock me at all if he didn't play next week. But, listen, this was a game that a lot of people said that the Cowboys could lose. Huh. Wrong. I know my uncle was mad, though, because my uncle, he lives in Texas. My uncle Victor. Shout out, Uncle Victor. I know he was in the crib wearing his Giants jersey, watching his Giants lose to the Cowboys. Sorry, Unc. Sorry. All right, what we got? Cardinals and Niners. <sighs> Cardinals 5-0. Best team in football. Best team in football right now. I mean, Trey Lance had him an okay game. At least running the ball. Uh, but he did get hurt. He did get hurt. He suffered a knee sprain. So... Who knows? He might not even be available to play against the Colts next week. So let's see what happens. D-Hop got in the end zone for the fourth time this season. Uh, Kyler Murray played well. Threw only one touchdown. But again, the Cardinals are still the only unbeaten team in the NFL right now at 5-0. The Chiefs and the Bills. I'm just going to say this. Josh Allen is definitely in the MVP conversation this season. When the season first started, his name was thrown around a lot in the MVP conversation. And close to 1,400 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Oh, yeah, he's in the conversation. Definitely in the conversation. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, I don't want to say that teams have caught up with the Chiefs. I don't want to say that teams have taken the page from what Tampa did to them in the Super Bowl or how to defend them, but it's kind of looking that way. And then some of these passes that Patrick Mahomes has been doing, you know, the freestyle shit that he does, the miracle things that he do, it's not actually, it's not actually working for him this season. Because right now the Chiefs, two and three, Ain't looking too good right now. They are not looking too good right now. But I'm going to keep it tall. I'm not going to sit here and say I feel bad for them. I don't. Even though they was my Super Bowl pick. 
but I kind of don't feel bad for them. I'm actually kind of enjoying them not playing too well right now. But shout out to Josh Allen, though, because he killed them running the ball and catching. My man even hurdled the shit out of the Chiefs defense in that game. So I enjoyed that nonetheless. But 38 to 20? Damn. Mm. That thing ain't right in Kansas City, yo. But shout out to Buffalo. They are definitely a threat to win the AFC. And then we got Monday Night Football. Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar fucking Jackson. Spoiler alert. MV, um, spoiler alert. Offensive offensive player of the week candidate. He's another one. Uh, Listen. The Ravens was down as much as 22 to 3. And they was able to bounce back and win this game 35, 31 to 25. Because I actually gave up on the game. I was tussling back and forth watching the football game, watching the baseball playoffs, watching Raw. Like, I was busy on my TV. But something told me to go back and watch the game. Something told me to go back and watch the game. And when Lamar Jackson converted on that touchdown to Mark Andrews to make it 25-17, I said, I, I got to keep it here now. The first one, not the second one. The first one. Because obviously the second one, they scored the touchdown and they converted the two-point conversion to tie the game. And then, you know, the game goes into overtime and Lamar Jackson takes them down and Hollywood Brown gets the game-winning touchdown. But listen, Carson Wentz played a good game. I'm not even going to hold you. Like, Carson Wentz played a good game. This was probably the best I've seen him play since he was with Philly. His MVP year. That's how great he was. Jonathan Taylor played good. Receiving and rushing. I mean, it's a shame that the Colts lost that game. Because they had it at the palm of their hands. They had it. But, hey, it is what it is. Y'all know how it goes in football. The game is not over until that clock hits zero. And then on top of that... Ravens field goal kicker, man. Like I don't, know, I don't know what it was this weekend, but field goal kickers, I think this week, with them playing so poorly, I think they all need to take a pay cut. I think they all should take $200 out their shit and give it to a good cause because they did bad this weekend. Field goal kickers, real bad. But, uh, yeah, Ravens is 4-1. So you got Buffalo that's 4-1. You got the Chargers that's 4-1. You got the Ravens that's 4-1. Those are the top three teams in the AFC. You see, you, you, you see a team that ain't mentioned in there, and that's the Chiefs. But it's still early. It's only five weeks. We ain't even at the halfway mark yet. But there you have it. Those are my recaps from week five. So when your boy comes back, Offensive and defensive player of the week awards are given out. And then, of course, week six game picks. So don't go anywhere. This is your man, Dre Day, Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I am parched. I need me to get something to drink, and I will be right back. Holla. It's time for Dre Day's Offensive and Defensive Players of the Week. Lovely.
What up, what up, what up? Your boy is back. Shout out to my cousin Will, man. Because that drop that you heard was courtesy of my cousin Will. You know, like I said, he's been a number one supporter of the podcast from the jump. So, him giving me that drop to introduce this new segment was dope. Love you, cuz. Appreciate it. So, now it is time for Dre Day's Offensive and Defensive Player of the Week Awards. Now, like I said, major contention. Major contention for Offensive and Defensive Player of the Week. Well, not even defensive, because defensive, it was two people. It was two people, but I gave it to one. I, the person I gave it to, when I absorbed it, I said, you know what? Yeah, he should be the one to get it. Now, offense, hard. Listen, I said Justin Herbert was a candidate. Mike Williams was a candidate. Uh, Josh Allen was a candidate. Um, Goatman Tom Brady was a candidate. And Lamar Jackson was a candidate. Listen, I so listen after watching the Ravens and Colts game, I so wanted to give it to Lamar Jackson. I so did. Listen, with the numbers that he put up, 402, 442 yards, four touchdowns, and then 62 yards on the ground. Basically, 500 and change in total. You lead a comeback after being down 22 to 3. I wanted to give it to him. However, he did turn the ball over in the game. Call, listen, call me a tough critic. Call me being picky. Listen, this is my offensive player of the week. Not yours. This is Dre Day's Offensive Player of the Week. I wanted to give it to Lamar, but see, here's the thing. If you notice, if I give it to a quarterback, it's one thing they had to do besides have great numbers. It's one thing that they couldn't have done, and that's turn the ball over. I've never given it to a quarterback even if they've had one interception or one turnover as far as a fumble goes. If you got one of those two, you get disqualified. I can't I can't I can't I can't make Lamar the exception for the rule. I can't. I can't do it. As much as I want as much as I want to give it to him. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't give it to him. So the person that I did give it to. <laughs> Man, I gave it to Goat Man Brady. <laughs> man, listen, I gave it to my man Brady, man. I, I gave it to Brady, man. Just listen. Just listen. Just hear me out, y'all, because I know y'all going to listen to this and say, oh, this nigga bugging. But listen, hear me out here. 30 from 41, right? 30 from 41, passing, right? Five touchdowns. No interceptions, right? Look at those numbers. The numbers are amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and, and he did he did not turn the ball over. He didn't turn the ball over. That's key. If you've been paying attention to 
my offensive my offensive players of the week, whether it's been this season or even last season, if you was paying attention, I never gave it to a quarterback that had a turnover on their stat sheet. I never gave it to them. So I can't start now. Had Lamar Jackson did not turn that ball over, he would have been a clear winner. These other dudes wouldn't even been in contention. He'd have got it. He fumbled the ball and he lost it. If he would have just fumbled it, he'd been Gucci. But who knows? Like, Lamar Jackson is so special. Who knows? He'll get it another week. This ain't the end of the world here. This ain't the last week of the season. I'm sure he could put something together, you know, a following week. But this week here, old goat man got it. <laughs> old, go old, old goat man got it. Don't be mad. Scratch your ass and be glad. That's a famous saying that my mother used to say back in the day. Shout out to my moms. Um, defensive player of the week. I went with Hyde from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I gave it to him because, let's see. I gave it to him because it was a pick six and the magnitude of the game against the Chiefs, prime time. And you definitely want to send a message to them as it pertains to being a threat to them in the AFC. So that's why I gave it to him. You know what I'm saying? He only had two tackles, but you intercept the ball and you take it back to the house and you silence that crowd in Kansas City to a degree because at that time the crowd was quiet. I got to give it to him. So, listen... Week five, Goatman Brady wins Offensive Player of the Week. Listen, I know it's going to be some controversy with that. I'm sure there's going to be some people that listen to this episode and they're going to be on some, damn, Dre, you cold, you hating, or you bugging, you bugging. I know I'm going to hear it, but I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Rules are rules. If you are a quarterback and you turn that ball over, I don't care what your stat she says. If you turn that ball over, I got to penalize you. It is what it is. So, offensive player of the week, Tom Brady. Defensive player of the week, Michael Hyde from the Buffalo Bills. There you have it. Now we get to week six as far as my game picks go. Hold on. Got to take a sip of my OJ. Ah, throat dumb dry. But here we go. I was 11 and 5 with my picks for week five. Washington disappointed me. The Panthers disappointed me. The Raiders, I can't say they disappointed me because, again, I didn't listen. When I did my picks last week, it was two days before. The whole thing with John, John Gruden even took place. Had I, had that happened around that time, then I'd have definitely took the Bears. And then I picked the Chiefs to win. And they totally disappointed me by getting their ass smoked. Now let's go on to week six. Thursday night football. Aha. Tampa Bay goes to Philly. Philly. Come on, man. Y'all know who I'm going with. I'm going with Tampa. I am going with the Bucks. Let's get that done. Hopefully, I can start a new streak for Thursday Night Football because 
The Seahawks gave me my first loss on Thursday nights this season. I was on a four-game winning streak on Thursday, and then Seattle had to fuck that up. So hopefully Tampa could help me start a new streak. So I'm going with Tampa to beat Philly on Thursday night football. Next, we got... Oh, man. In the words of Coach Prime, ain't nobody care. Nobody care about this game. The Dolphins and the Jaguars. Don't nobody care about this game. Nobody. But I got to pick a winner. I got to pick a winner. Listen, they're going to be without Devontae Parker. Jacoby Brissett is questionable. Like I said, he had a hamstring injury. Tua is still out. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I think the X factor for this game is Gaskins. If he can have a if he can have a split performance like he did against Tampa, even though they lost, but he did play impressive. If he has a if he has a game like that, I could definitely see him leading the Dolphins to victory. Next, we got the Packers and the Bears, division rivals, one of the best rivalries in the NFL. Packers and Bears. Going with the Packers. Who are we kidding here? Bengals and Lions. Like I said, the Lions played their heart out against the Vikings. The Bengals are 3 and 2. Joe Burrow is questionable. And I did say earlier that I did think the Lions was going to play real hard this season after the emotional press conference from Dan Campbell. Part of me wants to pick the Lions in this game. Part of me wants to. But this is still the Lions we're talking about. So, oh man, damn, this is a trap game here, this is a trap pick right here, this one I really don't know, I'm on the hot seat with this one, I really don't know who I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Bengals, I'm going to go with the Bengals. Now, listen, if I lose this game, I would not be surprised because, like I said, I do think that the Lions is going to play their hearts out for their coach. So I would not be surprised if the Bengals do lose this game, but I'm picking them. Next, we got the Texans and the Colts. Listen, I was impressed by the Colts, even though they lost to the Ravens. The Texans are just the Texans, so I'm picking the Colts. And the Colts are at home, so I'm definitely picking them. Rams and Giants. <laughs> Rams. I'm quite sure they're going to be without Daniel Jones. And I know for a fact they're definitely going to be without Saquon because Saquon is injury prone. He's already doubtful. And Daniel Jones, listen. At, listen, I'm telling you, the way, listen. 
that concussion, that shit did not look good. I would not be surprised if it. it I, I I think it would take a miracle for him to play on Sunday. I think it. I think it's gonna take a miracle for him to play on Sunday. Kansas City and the Washington Football Team. I think the Chiefs bounce back. I think the Chiefs do what they did the following game they lost. They had a two-game losing streak. They go to Philly, and they win that. They come home. They lose to the Bills, and then they go right back on the road to play another NFC East team, which is the Washington football team, and I think they go there and handle business. So I got the Chiefs winning that. Next, we got the Vikings and the Panthers. Oh, man. I really don't know. But you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick the Vikings. I'm going to pick the Vikings. And the reason why I'm picking the Vikings is because of this reason. Chris, I, I'm not going to make the mistake I made the last week with the Panthers. See, I didn't know Christian McCaffrey was going to be out. I picked him thinking that he was going to play, but I was wrong. He didn't play at all. I fully know now that he's not playing this game, and he's the X factor for the Carolina Panthers. So being that he's out, I'm going with, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going with Kirk Cousins to get the win for the Minnesota Vikings because Dalvin Cook is out, and... Listen, that's my dude, but he's out. So I'm going to have to rely on Kirk Cousins to get that win. So I'm going with the Vikings to beat the Panthers. Whoo, this game here. Oh, my God. We got the Chargers and the Ravens. Two of the top three teams in the AFC. I truly hope this game is on TV. I truly hope that this game is on TV. Because it deserves to be. And being that the Jets have a bye, this definitely is probably going to be on TV out here in New York, 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I could definitely see that this game be on CBS. Absolutely. It better be. It better be. (sighs) But who am I going to pick, though? Who? Man. Mm-mm-mm. Listen, the Chargers have showed me something. They've gone to Kansas City and won there. They won against Cleveland, a team that people suspected could make the playoffs and make some noise, right? They had a close one with the Cowboys. A team that people think is going to win the division. They had a close one with the Panthers. I mean, with the Washington football team that they won. But the Ravens, man, I mean, Lamar Jackson is special. Fantastic. So just because the Ravens are at home, I'm going to pick the Baltimore Ravens. Just because they're at home. But listen, Justin Herbert is special. 
And he is an MVP candidate. It wouldn't shock me if the Chargers went there and won. But I'm going with Baltimore. I'm going with Baltimore. So that's two games here where I'm kind of uncertain and wouldn't be surprised if the other team wins. But, yeah, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going with the Ravens. Cardinals and Browns. Mm. Mm. Not for nothing, this could be a trap game. This really can be if you think about it. Listen, all the talk right now is Baker Mayfield. Like, I know dude is trying to get a contract, but he ain't living up to his expectations. He only got four touchdowns this season. We're on week six, and you only got four touchdowns. Mm. How does Kyler Murray stand up with this defense? At least the front four from Cleveland. Listen, I said the same thing about Justin Herbert. Look how he did. Kyler Murray is a dual threat. Throwing and running. But if I had to trust the quarterback, I'd take Kyler over Baker. So I'm going with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals to take out the Cleveland Browns. Next, we got the Raiders and Broncos. Like I said earlier, Gruden is gone. So who knows? Maybe that galvanates this Raiders team. Who knows? It just might, you know, bring them together again, you can say. Broncos, division rivals, you never know how those games can go. You never know how they can go. But I'm going to go with the Broncos because they're at home. I'm going to go with the Broncos because they're at home. Cowboys and Patriots. Listen, I can't believe I'm about to say what I'm about to say, but the Cowboys are a top team in the NFC right now. And the NFC. If you ranked the top teams in the NFC right now, so you got, who you got? You got Arizona, Cowboys, Bucks, Green Bay, and the Rams. If I had to rank the top teams in the division, in the conference right now, if I had to rank the five, this would be the ranking. Cardinals, Rams, Bucks, Cowboys, Packers. Now, the only reason why I'm not putting the Cowboys over the Rams is because the Rams beat the defending champs. And I'm definitely not putting them over Tampa because head-to-head, Tampa won. So I can't rank you higher than them if you lost the head-to-head combat game. So I have the Cowboys the top four in the NFC, which is impressive. 
And with this defense, I think Mac Jones is going to have himself some trouble. I definitely believe he's going to have himself some trouble. So I'm going with the Cowboys. Listen, I cannot believe I'm picking the Cowboys so many times. I think it's only one week I haven't picked them. And that was against Tampa. I think every other week I have picked the Cowboys. What has come over me? It's a good thing I got a doctor's appointment on Thursday because I need to check myself out because something, something, something ain't right with me. Something, something ain't registering right. I'm being too nice to these Cowboys. I don't know why. Okay. Sunday night football. We got the Seahawks and we got the Steelers. Listen, Russell Wilson is out. So, Steelers. That's all that needs to be said. Do I trust that Geno Smith can go to Pittsburgh and give the Seahawks a win? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I ain't that stupid. And then Monday Night Football, we got the Bills and the Titans. Listen, you're only as good as your last game. And if Buffalo can do what they did to Kansas City, if they could do that, I could definitely see them going to Tennessee to do something. I think, honestly, the only thing they have to worry about is how to contain King Henry. That's the only thing they got to worry about. If they can keep him under 100-plus yards, they got the game. But that's going to be tough because he's been running shit crazy this season. Six games. Well, it's about to be six games, and he has seven touchdowns. So he's doing his job, getting the ball in the end zone and racking up some yards. But I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. I'm going with the Bills. Now, obviously, there's a lot of teams that's not playing. It's a bye week. So we only have 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12. We only have 14 games on the schedule this week. 14. 14 games on the schedule this week. So... Just to recap, before we bounce up out of here, I have the Bucks, Dolphins, Packers, Bengals, Colts, Rams, Chiefs, Vikings, Ravens, Cardinals, Broncos, Cowboys, Steelers, and Bills. So those are my picks. Dre Day's Week 6 picks. So... There you have it. It's a wrap for this episode. Everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. God damn. Keep it going, keep it flowing. I'm on all podcast platforms except Tidal. You feel me? I am on Instagram, DreDay1985. Sportswear with DreDay Podcast. The link is in the bio if you want to Check out the podcast, Facebook, Dre Day, and Twitter, Dre Day1985. The link is in the bio. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Press play. That's all I'm asking you to do. And also, you know, share, subscribe, leave a review, all that good shit. And uh, once again, thank y'all for y'all support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Uh... Oh yeah, before I go, you know I gotta do my shout outs. You know what I'm saying? I have you know I have to do my shout outs. And the shout outs will be 
to the Las Vegas Raiders for getting rid of John Gruden. Um, it was the right decision. Um, it was the only decision. They had to do it, basically. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. They had to do it. They had to get him up out of here. So, you know, the NFL was trying to go into the right direction. And with that shit that John Gruden did, those emails... We can't support that. We just can't. We can't support it. And I don't care about the whole, oh, I'm not a racist, yada, yada, yada. Listen, if you said all of that in an email, I'm going to say it again. If you said all that shit in an email, Lord knows what you say to your friends when you're face to face with them. I wish I could be a fly on the wall to hear some of the shit that he say. But yes, salute to... Shout out to the Las Vegas Raiders for, in the words of DNA, getting John Gruden the fuck up out of here. So, there's my shout out. Again, thank y'all for y'all support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. And in closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sports Wave with Dre Day Podcast. Episode 218 is done. It's finito. Catch y'all on the flip side. God bless. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. Peace.